Ladies and gentlemen, you know what that sound means. It means this episode 214 of the First Larrigans Podcast, brought to you by the Bald Move Network. I am one of your hosts. My name is Eric Walkwist. So join me this week, as he does each and every week, as the other host of the show. His name is... Bonjour. Je m'appelle Jesse. Uh, uh bonjour. Como uh, tally vu? Como tally... That's all I got. Como tally vu? Um... La Boca de Escargo? <laughs> I heard that you are trying to learn I French, think, sir. Yeah. Are you are you are you becoming a francophile? Yeah, I'm just listening to this uh, coffee break. Uh huh. No, I still hate the French. Okay. But um, <laughs> I want to go to Belgium someday, so I want to use French as a uh, proverbial lingua franca. Isn't there? I thought there were three languages spoken in Belgium. I think isn't it like there are it's Bel- French, German, and Dutch. Is it Dutch? I thought they had like their own language, like Prussian, not Prussian. It was they have something. It's like their own language as well. Uh, I think it's Dutch. But you, I think but, it's uh, French, German, and Dutch. So you're going with French instead of German, huh? Yeah. Well, the thing is, um, my wife mm-hmm. has some experience speaking German from her college days, mm-hmm. so she's gonna bone up on the German. I'm gonna bone up on the French. I already know Russian, so I figure we can cover a wide swath of Europe with these four languages. Well, okay. Yeah, you're right. It's French, German, and Dutch, um, according to Wikipedia. So, But the problem is, like, if you were trying to learn German, I know, you know a good thing is to have a language buddy, and we have a language buddy for German. Yeah, the other thing about German mm-hmm. is I'm doing this all because I want to go to Belgium. Right. And there's a couple of incidences between the Germans and the Belgians, and mm. I don't know how the feelings are. So I'm just, I just am erring on the side of the Allied powers. Hmm, not familiar. <laughs> well, it's a little known thing. I'm oh. sure it's water under the bridge. <laughs> water under the water bridge. Under the fjord. In in Bruges. Um, well, <laughs> well, good on you. I bet you Dennis Kleinbeck speaks French too. The Probably. Guy pr- He's a polyglot. He is a polyglot. Um. So anyway, that's awesome. Uh, do you want to give us a Kickstarter update? Oh yeah. Um. So the Kickstarter is getting along, and let me just. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Let me just pull up the page here so that I can focus on one of our more popular backer levels. Okay. And um, that is, we have thirty-eight backers at the forty-dollar level, which mm-hmm. is our deep one level. Yep. Where and that gets you glassware, right? So you can get the uh, Lovecraft logo, uh, pint glass, sixteen ounce pint glass, and a sticker, signed coaster, founders list, all of that for forty dollars. Mm-hmm. So I mean, come on, that would be the best pint glass in your collection. Totes. Eric, I know you're a pint glass collector. I well, I was. Unfortunately, I had to get rid of the pint glass collection. Uh, it was it was one of the stipulations of marriage. I do have a few stragglers, though. Yeah, no, you still have a couple of really nice ones. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I had to keep a For few. Sure. And, and if, if there's a pint glass collector in your life, mm-hmm. um, I recommend there's almost zero chance that they have this one already. Exactly. So, you know, you don't have to worry about a double up. Yeah. 
and it would make a great gift. Or um, round out your own pint glass collection at home, and you can do that by going to kickstarter.com and searching Lovecraft. We're at 164 backers. We're still in the 13,000 uh, strata, mm-hmm. so we need to get it way up there. Right. Only 24 days to go. Now is the time to push. Yes, push, push, push. We're pushing, we're pushing. So, yeah, get out there, get on Kickstarter. Tell your friends about it, too. I mean, that really, that's like a huge deal. If Maybe you've already given. Um, we do periodically post a link on Facebook, and if you could just hit that share button and let your friends know about it, that's a huge help to us as well. So Yeah, we need to spread the word. Yeah, we're in the we're in the we've we've got our disciples. We've got our twelve disciples, and now we gotta go and find our Saint Paul. Yeah, evangelize. Mm-hmm. There it is. So Galatians, if you're from Galatia, please uh <laughs> give Philippians, Corinthians, all of you. Uh, you're, you're more than welcome to <laughs> throw some shekels at the Lovecraft Brewing Company Kickstarter. In the first book of Bavarians. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> yeah, man. So how was your week? Uh, pretty good. Keep it on. Keep it on. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like I, don't, I don't have a ton to report. I've been, I've gotten myself into another wicked nap cycle. Yeah. Where I nap after I get home from work and mm. then. I stay up too late and sleep about five hours and then go to work. Hmm. Brutal, man. Very Edison-esque. Yeah, except he, like, was um, writing his own version of the Bible mm-hmm. the whole time and, mm-hmm. like, founding a nation. <laughs> I'm just trying to, like, manage to muster the energy to cook myself dinner. <laughs> I think you thought I said Jefferson. I said Edison. Oh. Well, Jefferson, Edison. Yeah. It all... It all blends together. I mean, Edison, he founded the nation of the light bulb, the electric nation. (laughs) The electric nation. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, man. I can't believe it's October, man. It's fall. My daughter is going to be two years old at the end of the month. That's pretty cool. That blows my mind. It blows my mind as well. Because not only is she getting older, but I am also getting older. Mm -hmm. Uh, I remember remember when we first, like, were introduced to the Hex 19 guys and they were talking about, like, one of them's going to have a kid on the way soon, so we'll see um, if they manage to have constant updates. Show <laughs> you. Yeah. Hex19.com. Hex19, bros. Yeah, dude, totally. It's it's so folly right now. Like, I was walking home, and I was still... I'm still trying to stick it out with, like, no jacket. And, like, just my rolled-up sleeves and my button-up shirt. And today I was like, I think it has happened. It is now jacket weather. Mm-hmm. Even See, though I'm still I'm still hanging on to just the hoodie, mm-hmm. and um, it's getting cold in the morning. But I, I'm, I'm telling myself like I just need to get into work and get the boil going, and I can keep myself warm by the <laughs> warmth of the boiling kettle. Well, there you go. Yeah, man, it's it's fall, buddy. And like I was walking home, and I noticed all of the leaves are like gone. Summer, oh yeah, summer vanished quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh. And I'm wearing flannel now. I'm wearing flannel as we speak. Uh, nice. It's flannel weather. Um, <laughs> we're going to move on from this riveting conversation to uh, what are you drinking this week? <laughs> uh, I got my free beer from work. I'm drinking a porter. Speaking of, you know, yep. the fall season coming in. There it is. Subconsciously, I switched over to a dark beer and I, I got my refreshé lime seltzer from Safeway. Dude, brands. I, you, dude I seriously just drank a refreshé lime seltzer. No joke. <laughs> really? No joke. Seltzer buddies. Kindred spirits. 
<laughs> and I'm drinking what's quickly becoming a staple of this podcast, the Born and Raised IPA from uh, No No Lie uh, Brew House in Spokane, Washington. I love their bottles. They have uh, wonderful screen-printed bottles. And uh, this one's sitting at 7%, so I could drink a 22, and I'm cooking, and then I won't drink any more because it's all gone. <laughs> it's, a, it's a great that, compromise. <laughs> no Lie, about four or five years ago, used to be Northern Lights, and they were like, nothing they mm-hmm. were kind of like a backwater brewery and then they rebranded um changed their name yeah won a couple of medals at the gabf and now they're blown up i like them dude i'm a big fan of no lie yeah and speaking of G- G- get over to Spokane. yeah that'd be a fun trip man i, I uh speaking of great american beer fest our, our rocky man correspondent levi jetty is going to be there uh so uh, expect a report back from him next week very exciting. Expect a passive aggressive, extremely jealous Jesse mode engaged. <laughs> we shall see. <laughs> All right, let's get on to some listener feedback this week. Once again, you guys gave us some great feedback. Uh, personal arrogance at gmail.com or at our voicemail line at 360-362-0024. The first one comes to us from Dun Dun Dun. That's right. It's Michael McBride from the 757. Here he is. <laughs> I totally <laughs> messed that up. I'll call you back. <laughs> what? Is, is he trying to do the dun 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 dun? I think so. Oh, man. That was rough, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Luckily, he did call us back. Here he is. <laughs> Michael. Uh, here it is. Hey, you probably already got my other voicemail. I probably already laughed at that already. <laughs> uh, like what Brian is all, as always. But uh, I just had a really interesting idea say we're made say this we're, we plan a heist at, you get all the constant contributors from the uh podcast and have you two be the leaders be, have it like an ocean's 11 style who does what on the crew mm. each every member of the of the heist crew rollo dennis kleinback all of them <laughs> and then of course we gotta get mr dotsy involved absolutely that would be a hilarious heist movie idea. Can't wait to hear your take on that. All right, guys. Stay arrogant. Get up my burp. Thank you so much, Michael. That is a good heist idea. I love that when he said, "I got." what if we were all in a heist and then immediately you hear sirens? I feel like, uh, I feel like they might be monitoring Michael's house there. Uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> I, uh, I do. So, obviously, Michael McBride's the, the mouth. Or I don't know. He's got to be. He's got to have some like constant touch. Uh, so we'll figure that. But Dennis Kleinbeck's definitely like the. I feel like he's the the mastermind, mm. like the old dude. Or something. I thought he was. I thought he could be like um, because he's got that cool accent. Mm-hmm. He's going to be like the distraction. He's the guy oh, that we send in. We dress him up like a businessman to distract right. the bankers. Yeah, with his like business investment in. Swiss diamonds. There it is. Yeah. I love it. And then I, I feel like uh, Sam Golma Hamadi has also got a little bit of that role as well because he's mm. got that British flair. Right. But I feel like Roger Dotsie, I mean, he's got to just be, he's like the meticulous, like, bomb diffuser guy or something because he's got like. Yeah, the, yeah. He's the, he's the lock picker. He's, yeah. He's used to getting his little fingers into mm-hmm. tight, dangerous places. Yep. And I love it if he's. And only is, being able to cut, you know, certain nerves. Yeah. <laughs> 
certain nerves. <laughs> yeah, I love the idea of him having like one of those little mirrors to help him pick locks. <laughs> and he, he yeah, has he's to... going to need a hygienist, though, to do all the real work. <laughs> yeah, he needs to have a hygienist with him. That's perfect. Uh, yeah, I feel like... Uh, oh, um, Will from Alabama, I feel like he'd be like... He seems like a good uh, like getaway driver to me. Mm, yeah, he's a getaway kayak guide yeah that's how we that's how we escape <laughs> they're gonna think we get away in cars but no we're gonna kayak to safety yeah there you go and uh yeah man and then yeah i, I mean michael mcbride <sighs> i don't know man i feel like he would just be like the the um the every like the 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 the, the jack of all trades like i feel like he's like like i feel like uh i'm george clooney <laughs> your Brad Pitt Ugh. and and Michael McBride is uh, Matt Damon. There you go. Yeah, I love it, dude. I love that idea. Thanks you so much but for I'm calling. The I I have to be the betrayer. Okay, good. It's my natural <laughs> uh, place. Exactly. Uh, we got another email here. This one comes to us from Fulanito. Fulanito. Uh, it says. Hey, Eric and Jesse, follow up on my inaugural email. It's taken me about a month to get to the episode where you actually read it. I'm currently on episode 210. Started on episode 106, uh, the first of your Bald Move episodes. So, yes, I've almost cut up, and Jesse was right. I'm totally binge listening to your cast, although, to be fair, I intersperse yours with others, including Welcome to Night Vale on your recommendation, Eric. Uh, I'm not very familiar with Lovecraft, so to me it's weird, but I still rather enjoy it. Uh, I think you've mentioned it in the past that your first 105 episodes are available somewhere, but I'm not sure where. Perhaps you could point me in the right direction. Those are actually available at personalarrogates.podbean.com all the way back to episode uno. Um, so thank you for uh, keeping in touch. Thank you for being an awesome listener. Uh, what else we got here? I've got these interspersed with the Gotham Blotter emails. Yeah, it's getting a little crowded in there. It is. It's getting a bit crowded. Um, oh, we got a call from Rolo. Rolo Tomasi. Here he is. Erica, Jesse, it's me, Rolo Tomasi, leaving you such a nice voice and mail. Last week, you guys inspired me talking about spent wheat or spent grain, I guess. Uh, I went to a local brewery called Barnstormer, and we made uh, spent grain pizzas and breads, and it's pretty good. And the beer was pretty good, too. Lots of uh, positive adjectives I could use to describe it, but I won't. Because <laughs> you guys are in Seattle, and you'll never drink this beer. That's called the Old Upsell. Would <laughs> the Lovecraft Brewery have its own restaurant? Only time will tell. Or maybe you will, right now. <laughs> That's it, and get off my Burt back <laughs> and stay arrogant. <laughs> Thank you so much, Rollo. <laughs> Man, Rollo, well, did we say what Rollo is? I don't think we did. Rollo's mm. obviously the master of disguise. You don't know if he's oh, from, yeah, definitely. You don't know if he's from New York or Toronto. You don't know if Rollo's his real name. You don't know if it's not. Mm-hmm. He's the master. I don't, of don't dis- think it is. Yeah, he's the chameleon. So there it is. Uh, <laughs> I, was that a commentary on us drinking beer and talking about how good it is <laughs> for the listener? I don't know. It's kind of like I was watching was the Col- I was watching the Colbert Report the other night. They like uh, he had Jamie Oliver on there, and they just 
spent like 30 seconds eating cobbler. And I was like, this is great. There's a there's like there's like a whole food network that's dedicated to just watching people eat food. That's what <laughs> that's what Americans have come to. So we, it's not it's not enough that we eat food every hour of the day. We also have to watch people eat it when we're not eating it. Or maybe when yeah, we are. Yeah, versus food is fairly offensive. <laughs> it's so like, bad. From a global standpoint. Yeah, exactly. They they, uh, they had one that was like down the street from me here. It was like on Aurora that I don't know if you know uh, what I'm talking about, but it's like over by where the kangaroo and kiwi used to be. There's like a little diner there. And they had a man versus food there. Mm. And uh, I was like, I, I, he like he couldn't eat it. And I was like, I feel like I could eat that. It's, it's, it's definitely you know, uh you have a, a cavernous gut well i it's always been on my bucket list my bucket list to uh my bucket least it's <laughs> the things that have no Those glory the things you don't want to do before you die exactly it's or maybe the things that will cause you to die uh this is <laughs> but it's always been on my bucket list to win a food challenge and i was like so I the just... thing that causes you to die is your bucket last there you did. Perfect. <laughs> my bucket you want to last. win a food challenge. Yeah, my bucket last is to take off my space helmet in outer space <laughs> and, and see what that and see what happens. Uh, anyway, watch. Feel your body shut off. Thank you so much for everybody for writing in um, and for calling in. Once again, you can get in touch with us personally at gmail dot com or leave us a voicemail three six zero three six two zero zero two four. Jesse, let's get to the show. Um, Speaking of space, speaking of uh, taking your space helmet off, we're going to start off with a little bit of science. If today we're able to create a two-headed dog with six legs, is it possible that a similar creature existed thousands of years ago? And I say yes. Great stuff. So, Jesse, I came across this really awesome... Uh, this really awesome YouTube video this week, and it's from this mm. dude. His name is Fraser Kane, <laughs> not Fraser Crane. Fraser Kane, and he's a real guy. He's the publisher of Universe Today, <clears throat> and he's talking about this concept called a Dyson sphere. Have you heard about this? No. So the idea behind a Dyson sphere is that one day the uh, the exponential demand on energy will cause human beings to exhaust all energy sources on Earth. At which point, the only way that we can, the only energy that will be available to us is the radiation of the sun. And like, and we're talking about solar radiation that is at the source, like not solar radiation that you can capture here on Earth using solar panels. So the idea of the Dyson sphere is that you build a structure around the sun, encapsulating Mm -hmm. it in a giant sphere, and then you are able to uh, capture the the radiation, the energy of the sun in this sphere, and then power the, the... the uh the stuff on top of it it also allows you to have much more land area because you're talking about something that's like multiple 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 times the size of earth the only problem with this is that if you're to build this sphere around the entire sun 
and you were to use all of the matter in the universe, all of the solid matter, not in the universe, but in the solar system, <laughs> like you blew all the planets apart and built it using that, you would only be mm-hmm. able to build a sphere that was 15 centimeters thick around the sun. Mm. So, the problem with sun's that... Sun's big, it the, turns out. Sun's pretty large. Sun is large. Uh, so, and for some reason it's bigger during sunset. Uh, but... <laughs> So the other idea is that instead of building a solid sphere around the sun, not to mention you would have to build it in a way that would be almost, it would be nearly impossible to build it around the sun and not have it fall into the sun. Right. Yeah. That's what I was wondering. Is it in orbit? So that's the other idea is that you actually just build a bunch of little chains around the sun that are able to capture the energy and then send it back to earth. So you create a bunch of little things that orbit the sun and then send the energy back to Earth. So this is this is the idea of the Dyson sphere. It's named after the guy, obviously, who made the vacuum cleaner. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so the so this is all well and good. This is all very interesting, and it, you know we, we're just, we're living in an energy plagued world or an energy, uh, what is it, famished world. Um, so it's it's always good to think about new ways to capture energy. And the sun is basically a giant nuclear reactor that's always going to be running until it burns out. Which, in which case, we're all going to die, so it doesn't really matter. Uh, so this is all well and good. But the really interesting thing here is that if you think about this on, on a time scale for intelligent life, that at some point, intelligent life exhausts all of the energy resources of its planet and then has to harness the energy of its star, then it gives us something to look at when we're, when we're searching other stars to see if any advanced civilizations or intelligent life have built these Dyson sphere types of uh, radiation captures around their own sun. But you can't see it because they blocked out their own sun. Well, no, this would be like the little satellites. Oh, okay. Yeah, because scientists can see the obstruction of those little satellites, and that's how they actually capture things like they know how many planets are orbiting a certain star, that sort of thing. Right. So they would. So that's the whole thing about this is that yes, it's cool to think about it from like a sci-fi energy angle, but the really cool thing is to think about it from a sci-fi alien angle <laughs> that we could think about these advanced technologies and then just apply them to advanced life forms on other planets. Right. Well, you know my theory. What's that? Is that there there is uh, other life in the universe, mm-hmm. but we are the first. Mm-hmm. For the best. Everything else is, you know, it's going to evolve to be advanced life. I mean, someone has to be first. Right. Why can't it be humans? I that And it's a completely plausible idea because if you follow this idea that there are billions of stars that are like the sun, there are potentially billions of Earth-like planets in the universe, then... Uh, Surely, if there are civilizations that orbit these stars that are millions of years ahead of our civilization, then they would have already created the advanced technology in order to reach our planet. Yeah, Um, exactly. And some would say they have, like Dan Aykroyd, um, (laughs) unplugged on UFOs. But (laughs) general consensus and, you know... Uh, is that is that they haven't, and the idea that they that aliens haven't actually come to Earth, um, mean would mean would suggest that actually there are no intelligent life forms in the universe. 
Right. So or because we're first. Yeah. Or that inter uh, galactic space travel is impossible, and mm-hmm. therefore it's just a pipe dream. Or they just don't like us. That's the other idea that they came here. They said nope, and then they noped out of there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean that's. I, I do really like that idea. You know, we talked about it on the um, uh, the Mega Game episode where we were talking about the Mega Game that they were playing in England where it's kind of like the United Nations, but then the, the, the uh, defining event is that aliens have come and then the United Nations have to figure out how to deal with these aliens. And then in the end, the aliens were just like coming to see if the Earth was advanced enough to join an intergalactic council and then they noped out of there. <laughs> right. That's the other idea is that the uh, the aliens are so advanced that they're they know about us, but they're biding their time until they think we'll be ready. Well, you think the aliens at Roswell didn't have Facebook accounts? <laughs> they checked in. They're like entering near <laughs> Earth orbit. Let's see what these people are all about. Next thing you know, it's just selfies of them on the dissection table. <laughs> yeah, I mean they invented Facebook, obviously. <laughs> Yeah, actually, their alien technology is how Facebook got invented. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, Mark it was, Zuckerberg is just a the government actually uh, just pays him right as a as a cover as a cover. And I mean, his name's Zuckerberg, right? I mean, if and that's... originally, uh, you know how it used to be the Facebook. Mm-hmm. Before that, it was Facebook. I thought it was Blorgbook. Well, that before that it was Blorbook, then right. Facebook, mm-hmm. then Facebook, then the Facebook, and then Spacebook. Then the Spacebook. <laughs> which is weird. They would go a different direction. They went backwards. See, I feel like there are you know those star naming uh, businesses. I feel like they're yeah. really missing out on by not having a Spacebook because I feel like that would make you want to buy a star more if you could then have a Facebook account where hmm. your star could become friends with other stars. I have a computer in front of me. What happens when I go to Facebook.com? Let's try it. All right, it's loading. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just Christian online dating, computer dating, dating <laughs> sites, <laughs> meet men, meet people online. So it's it's one of those holder sites. Somebody yeah. bought the URL and then they're just waiting. Hey man, we can buy this <laughs> URL from this dude. I bet you he's not going to want any more than two hundred dollars for Spacebook. This is the future. Spacebook is the future social because social networking. Well, that's the whole thing is that we, you know, we're we're uh, social networks are quietly creeping in our on our privacy and not actually quietly. They're kicking down the door to our privacy these days. So. Uh, why not live anonymously through a star on Facebook? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like it. I would I'm totally. In the Alpha Centauri constellation. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Yeah, you. That would be the thing. Is like instead of groups, they'd be constellations. Yeah, yeah. I love it. I'm kind of loving this idea, Jesse. <laughs> Spacebook. You can like choose what kind of star you are. Are you a red dwarf? Mm, yeah. Are you interested a- in uh, men? <laughs> are you? <laughs> are you a? Yeah. How many planets are orbiting you? You could figure out this whole thing. I feel like this could be like its own video game, like The Sims or something. Except you're just a star, and then you create your little solar system, and then mm-hmm. the only action that you could do is solar flare. 
<laughs> That's the only action. <laughs> All right, solar flare. This it could be collapse. Yeah, you could do collapse, collapse into a singularity. Yeah, then well, black hole is the black hole book is the second one. Oh, that's geez. the sequel. Yeah, it gets nasty on the black hole book. Yeah, the black hole book is uh, that's the four chan of of. <laughs> you know, it's See a what lot. happens when I go to blackholebook.com. I don't know about that one. <laughs> Do- <laughs> okay, black holes and organizations by Ron Lutka. Thank you for visiting my black holes and organizations website. <laughs> Please keep reading. Uh, I hope you take advantage of the material it contains and the organizations it links to. As a service to busy executives, you may click Executive Summary to download it for free. <laughs> What's the wait? Click on the Executive oh, Summary. Out. What's the Executive Summary? Hang on. That, here's a little blurb. Okay. Um. To achieve continued exponential growth requires the highest performing organizations. Uh, Black Holes and Organizations provides insights into popular pitfalls to avoid. Oh, so it's like how to keep your business from hitting one of those black holes that will collapse it. Dude, this is so weird. This guy is wearing a fedora. And not like a fedora (laughs) fedora. He's wearing like a fedora fedora. Like he's dressed like a man from the 40s. Yeah, he's straight out of the forties. That's one of the black holes. It's dressing like you're dressing from the forties. Dressing like 40s. you're from the forties, yeah. Oh my god. Oh my god. He has like graphs and stuff. Yeah, the executive summary. Here it is. Continually booking the wrong sales tax codes can result in upset customers, wasted time and hefty penalties. <laughs> Why a book about black holes? Black holes and organizations came into being with the following goals in mind to alert senior executives and directors to the possibility that a black hole exists in their organization. <laughs> I just love, I know that this guy is speaking in, in business metaphors, but I just love the idea that there's like a black hole, like <laughs> sitting down in like IT, like they accidentally mm-hmm. hired a black hole. That's what happened to pets.com. They hired a black hole. Yeah. Then, then all of a sudden, that's the thing. Sometimes you hire a person, you think they're highly qualified, they turn out to be a black hole, like a collapsed <laughs> star, and they're hiding in your organization trying to destroy the universe. <laughs> These are the type of things like you would be able to tell if you checked the space book when you were in your hiring process, whether or not this person used to be a star. Black hole, yes or no. <laughs> ah, damn. Oh, man, I think we have to create space book. That's what I'm going to do when I'm hiring people. Yeah. Are you or are you not a black hole? (laughs) This is a question we have to ask all applicants. Um, Are you a black hole? Would you you describe yourself as a black hole? Are you an area that contains no matter and sucks everything into it that it comes in contact with? (laughs) Because if that's the case, I can't have you destroying the universe around me. Sir. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> oh, Ron Lutka. You're such a genius. Ron Lutka, man. This guy's got it. This guy has to be one of, you know, you have to, if you're starting a social media set, you have to start invitation only. Ron Lutka's getting an invitation to Facebook. Oh, yes. Definitely yeah. getting it. Oh, He's man. Getting it's a position on the board. It's just great because, yeah, like people, like you, like you said, like you could join a constellation or you can join a galaxy or the people in your galaxy. Right. Or the, I'm sorry, the stars in your galaxy. 
um, <laughs> and then and then you go through statuses. So like at the very beginning, you're nebula, nebula status, and then you slowly move on until you're black hole status. So like you, it's like an RPG. Like you have to level up. Mm. This could be very addictive. If you get enough flares, you yeah. can get to black hole. Some solar flares. Or you gotta go supernova first. Dude, I love the idea. Oh my god. Like your posts could go supernova if they get enough flares. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, dude. I kind of <laughs> love this idea. But like we'll make it as a game. It's like an MMO, but it's based in Ooh, yes. yeah, it's an MMO, but it's based in social media. It is social media interface. Mm-hmm. And you start off as a gamifying your social media experience. Exactly. I mean, it's, it's social media is already kind of gamified, like liking things and like those. Mm-hmm. That it's the same type of endorphin rush you get playing an RPG. But this just is so, an RPG set in the ruse of a uh, of a of a um, social media site, and everyone stars. Okay, I got something. Yeah. It's all about putting to, stringing together combos. Okay. So you you do one phase or what one update, you know? Mm-hmm. And you get enough flares, it goes supernova. That's not going to get you to black hole oh, just no. by doing that. Your no, next no, no. one, but if you can chain together enough updates yeah. that all go supernova, that's how you get the big points. So it discourages people from throwing up crappy updates. Yeah. They're forced to think about: Is this going to be good? Because I don't want to. I'm on a streak. I don't want to blow it. This is interesting, man. Like this is like turning Reddit and Facebook into an actual game. It, but it's it really a, is. It's a game, and yet it's not. A, like, what would the posts be about? Um, aliens. Like, yeah. I mean, do you have to? Is it like Facebook where you just like post pictures and stuff, or is it like Reddit yeah, where you no, just that's post links? Kind of what I was thinking. Yeah. You can post anything you want, but it's it more of like a more of like your day to day Facebook sort of stuff. See, but I love the anonymity that it presents, which is why I like the idea that you can become you can you can add people to your galaxy, but like you don't. It, it's all like gamer tag based. So yeah, right. like your immediate friends know what your gamer tag is, but. Uh, but then, like, everybody else, like, you just become, like, a – you just become a person with a lot of people in their galaxy, and maybe you don't know who the person actually is. Right. Which is kind of like – you know, they, that's also, like, a deal on Twitter. Like, sometimes you know who the person you're following on Twitter is. Sometimes you're following a Twitter handle. You don't really care who the person is. You just like their posts. Dude, I feel like this is – like, we could take this to a, to Silicon Valley and get some startup capital for this. <laughs> Zucker nerd on the line. Yeah, by the way, guys, copyright, personal arrogance. Patent pending. Patent pending. I know we said that everything on here is public domain, not this. We've (laughs) we've talked to our lawyers. This segment was, this episode is not public domain. (laughs) I love Facebook. Facebook, man. The URL is just sitting there waiting to to turn into the greatest social network slash game ever created. Mm -hmm. And then we use the traffic. Mm hmm. To promote dating websites and get that sweet, sweet money. <laughs> well, this is what I like is that once you become a black hole, then you be- then you enter the black hole club. Oh, yeah. And black hole club get exclusive uh, hey. exclusive merchandising or, mm. you know, excuse- exclusive access to 
things. Right. So it's like right. anybody can become a and anybody can can enter the black hole club if they if they play their cards right. And right. then they get you know but they no have, shitty updates. Yeah, they get exclusive access to like Beyonce tickets. Uh huh. Uh huh. Love it. Yeah. Facebook. Facebook dot com. Copyright two thousand fourteen. Uh, <laughs> trademark. <laughs> <laughs> Well, this conversation turned into something I really like. So let's move on to a different conversation. (laughs) Uh, I don't have an intro for this one. I'm just going to call it uh, British Things. Uh, Oh, no. British Things. Okay, man. So speaking of being able to buy your own star. that was Hail to the Chief. Was that Hail to the... I feel like all American songs are British songs, just with different lyrics. You're meant to do. Well, really, I should have done. Because that's God Save the Queen. But everybody thinks it's uh, Sweet Land of Liberty. We left to take all the British songs. Anyway. Uh, British things. So speaking of being able to buy your own star... Jesse, did you know you could buy your own title? Mm-hmm. I found this out online. This is so crazy, this world. Like a knighthood? Uh, yeah, basically. But it's it's actually bigger than that. So uh, there's there's this thing. There's a lot of different websites where you could buy elite titles. Um, and <laughs> there's like there's elite titles one word dot co dot uk. There's also elite-titles.co.uk. Um, but what you could Uh-oh. do is you could buy your own elite title. So I prefer, I think the one that I prefer the most, let me see if I can find this. Uh, uh, lordship, buy your own lordship. Um, there was on here, yeah, this is the other one. This is lordtitles.co.uk. So, Jesse, the, the thing about these websites is that there's basically three different levels. So, there's like the $40 level. There's the $400. Mm, <laughs> there's the $400 level. Mm. And then there's the $4,000 level. Okay. Uh, I guess it's not $4,000. It's only $2,000. But... <laughs> <laughs> so first of all, you get to get you get to, you get to get your own title here. So you can become a lord, a lady, a baron, a baroness, an earl, or a count, or a countess. The earl count is your two for one, so I kind of like that one because you're an earl or a count. <laughs> um, you can become a viscount or a viscountess. Viscountess. You could become a marquis or a marchioness or a marchioness. Um, you could become a duke or a duchess, or you could become a sir, or you could become an and more, which I'm very excited about. <laughs> uh, <laughs> please ask if the noble title you require is not shown. They have a, a place where you can <laughs> request that. Um, so this is elite-titles.com. Um, you, you basically just pay $200, or I'm sorry, 200 pounds, so $400. Uh, or you can get a pair of them for 300 pounds, okay? Oh, that's a steal. Totally. And uh, I get one for your wife, too. Totally. I mean, it's it's weird if you're a, if you're a, a Viscount and she's not a Viscountess. Right. Right. Uh, it says, these elite titles are sold by private sale on a first-come, first-served basis, so purchase your title now. 
These non-inheritable titles like Lord and Lady effectively change your title for the rest of your life. The late title service provides you with a unique and desirable legal title like Baron and Sir to add to your name. You could change your driver's license, passport, credit cards, bank accounts, club memberships, etc. to show your new title. Or, uh, I'm sorry, our free Elite Title Report is just a few clicks, clicks away. Simply subscribe to our Elite Title Newsletter below. Now, you might be asking yourself, Jesse, and I can, I'm just going to cut you off at the pass here. How is this possible? Effective mm-hmm. elite titles are possibly are possible by using a legally uh, recognized deed written in English, uh, e.g. allowing oh Mr. John Smith to become known as Sir John Smith or Lord John Smith, etc. So basically, they're just going through a loophole here that, like, you know, the um, uh, what's, what's Prince William's wife's name? Um... Princess Wilhelmina. Well, yeah, Princess Wilhelmina. No, she's uh, why I can't believe uh, Kate Middleton. So when she married, uh, you know, Prince Charles, she became the Duchess of Wales. I think she had to buy it though. It was four hundred pounds. It was four hundred pounds, but that she got a great packet. Um, <laughs> but that's the thing is like this is like a loophole in in Britain is that if you if you were to marry into a royal family, you can ch- legally change your title. So they're just using that loophole to make anybody be able to change their title legally. So, Jesse, I know you're all over this, man. Mm. But wait, there's more. Uh-oh. Do so, I get a tote? So you can, <laughs> you do get like a certificate with your name on it and all this stuff. Lasts a lifetime. It's a unique gift. Uh, but you could also choose a seated title. Jesse, and mm. a seated title means that you get land. So oh. not not only are you a lord or a baron or a baroness or a viscount, but you also get a two foot by two foot plot of land on a royal estate. And so you can <laughs> there 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 are all these royal places that you could uh, you could become a part of, um, <laughs> and you get to choose. Which which area you want to be in? So they all have different names based on where the estate is, but there's also another loophole here, which is that if you uh, if you can also buy a, a plot of land that has no name, so that you can name it yourself. Mm. And this is great because some of these are on sale. Okay, Ooh. so they have you can become the Lord and Lady of Loft House. Of Sudbrook, Slinden, Fancott, Norbury, Shiverstone. That's a good one. Lord of Shiverstone. Binstead, Ludham, Hadstock, Tillington, Tut's Hill. Tut's Hill's also pretty cool. Lord and Lady of Carrington is on sale right now for 795 pounds. West Toby, Basscoat, Cranberry, the Lord of Cranberry. The Lord and Lady of New Church, that one's also on sale for seven ninety five. The Lord and Lady of Birdwell, or the Lord and Lady of any place name. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, I've been promoting my Kickstarter mm-hmm. a lot. Mm-hmm. But I think Eric, we personal arrogance needs to do a Kickstarter so that we can become the Lord and Lady <laughs> of Personal Arganistan. <laughs> The Viscount and Viceroy yeah. of Personal Afghanistan <laughs> for a scant 1,200 pounds. That's it, man. This is great. My favorite thing about this, they have a picture here of the parchment that they sent to you 
So it says to all in singular, and then it, it decrees that this person is the viscount of this area, and then they have they have a picture on the website that says parchment is sixty six centimeters by forty four centimeters. Certificate is sent unframed. You pay like a thousand, two thousand dollars for this thing, and they don't even frame the certificate for you. <laughs> anyway, I find this extremely fascinating, Jesse. But if but if you think that that four hundred dollars or two thousand dollars is a little too steep for you, don't fret. There's also the eighteen ninety five option. So for just eighteen pounds ninety five, you can get a standard certificate. Uh, with your first name and your last name, and become Sir Blank of Blank, and that's it. Uh, my favorite thing on here are the testimonials, Jesse. Yeah. So Luis from the USA says, I bought the lordship title for my boss to celebrate his trip to Royal Ascot. I could not be more thrilled with your service equality. I received my packet within 10 days of placing my order. Thank you so much. You exceeded my expectations. These people have the greatest racket in the world. They literally just need a laser printer and and a uh, and resume paper and they can get like two two thousand dollars out of it. Mm-hmm. They're printing money, Jesse. So yeah. This... yeah, this is actually what I got my sister for her birthday. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah. Carly Wilson, Lady of Buttholes. <laughs> I got the custom name. Very mature, sir. Very mature. <laughs> Always noted for his maturity. It came with land. (laughs) The estate of Butholia. (laughs) What I'm I'm saying here, Jesse, is... The Roman Butholy Empire. There it is. what it is. See, this is the thing, Jesse, is I feel like... Maybe I screwed that goof up. Maybe. It's all right. The Butholy Roman Empire. There it is. There it is. Uh, I mean, maybe this needs to become a new Kickstarter reward. You could become Sir Blank of Lovecraftian Brewing Company. <laughs> you get a six inch by six inch plot of the brewery. <laughs> <laughs> and you get a royal title for the low, low price of only $4,000. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Non-legally binding, non-inheritable. Yep. There it is. Non-real. <laughs> Non-real. I do want to get the I want to get the kick uh, another Kickstarter going so that we can become so that you and I can uh, officially own royal land and have a lordship and have and and found once and for all Aragonistan. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then we'll secede. <laughs> we will secede from the estate. <laughs> Aragonistan shall rise again. <laughs> What others say? Just quick, just a quick note of thank you for the most excellent service of professionalism. I, refi- I received the eff- effective title deeds for my father this morning, and am very happy. Man, these people are swindled. I love it. <laughs> but I mean, it is like it's legally binding though through the government, though, right? Yeah, it is. Because they're saying you can get it on your freaking passport. Yep, you can get it on your passport. If you can get it on your passport, it's real. Yep. Did I ever tell you about, oh, <laughs> I screwed up once. Bad. Uh-huh. When I was 18, I was going to go to Australia, and I had to get a new passport. Mm-hmm. And they, the passport, like, it came back screwed up, and it said my birth date was 1976. <laughs> uh-huh. 
And and my my mom was like, no, we have to send it back and tell them they screwed up, so there's no problems at the airport. And I was like, right. fine. Yeah. I might have been 17 at the time. Yeah. But I would have had the king of ID. That's totally true. That I is... would have had a freaking passport that said I was born in 1976. Dude, we would have been drinking beer way earlier. I know. Oh man, you had the hookup. I, I should have put my foot down on that one. <laughs> Uh, I blew not, it bad. Not I to mention, been a lord and born in 1976. Yeah, not to mention you have two passports, so you can still <laughs> get one that's correct and then have the other one. You did screw up bad. I did. No, I blew it. You I blew really it. blew it. You blew it. Uh, so Jesse, I just need to ask you here: um, if you're going to take a title, what are you taking? Lord, Baron, Earl slash Count, twofer. Viscount, Marquis, Duke, or Sir? I like Marquis. You like Marquis, huh? Mm-hmm. I, I like Viscount, but I feel like on a passport, Baron Eric Walquist sounds pretty cool. I kind of like uh, Viceroy. Viceroy is cool. That one's not on here, but I'm sure... i got to get the custom package. You could ask if the noble title you require is not shown. So Viceroy might might be available. I mean, Duke's okay, but I think Baron is pretty badass. Baron's great. Baron's the, a good one. I mean, the problem with Earl is people will just think that's your first name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, same with Duke. They really screwed that one up. Yeah, Duke. Yeah, Duke's cool. Oh, but... we got a we got a new. All right, my new idea for a buddy, a medieval buddy comedy. Mm-hmm. There's a Duke named Earl and an Earl named Duke. And uh, they fight crime, mm-hmm. or they get mixed up somehow. Well, it's it's set in the Middle Ages. Yeah, yeah. So they fight. Uh, there was still crime back then. Skullduggery. Sure. They fight skullduggery. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. I'm very excited about this title thing, man. I just I love the idea of 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 weird bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> This definitely falls in that category. Yeah. Totally. Alright, right, speaking of weird bullshit, dude. It's time to do some trivia. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, no. Oh, here we go. Okay, good. I have a die. I'm going to be rolling it, seeing which category we're doing this week. It's a three, which is arts and literature, Jesse. My You're favorite. The Brown Town category of uh, Trivial Pursuit. Jesse, are you ready? This one's for you. What American poet won the Pulitzer Prize four times? E. E. Cummings. E. E. Cummings. I'm going to go with Langston Hughes. Robert Frost. Who would have thunk it? One of those non-well-known poets. Um, <laughs> Jesse, this one's for me. What book ends with the line, She said the necessary prayers for the soul of Michael Corleone. I'm going to go with The Godfather. Godfather 2. It's The Godfather. I don't think the book is called The Godfather 2. I think it is. (laughs) Uh, This one's for you, Jesse. What's the leading newspaper of the entertainment industry? Um, The LA Times. I believe it is Variety. It is Variety. Oh Jesus! This is a runaway. It's called this is a victory like the Packer, lap. Packers Vikings game. It's it's his old uh, runaway for Eric. Here's the victory lap. Who is Anastasia 
and Drizella's stepsister. I'm going to go with a Cinderella. Yeah. The answer is Cinderella. Jesse. I don't know why we don't do that category more often. I rule at it. <laughs> My favorite one are the Jim Davis Garfield questions. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> anyway Jesse, we got one more topic this week, and I don't have one for this one either. It's called uh, Homer's Be- Being Homie. Home hmm. Down. Hmm. So I, I got a... Uh, I don't know where this came from. I think somebody had posted this on Facebook. They were asking about uh, what's so great about Washington State. Now, Jesse, mm. I think you and I are both homers here. Mm. Yeah, I love Washington State. I love Washington State. I've lived other places. I've traveled other places. I they all suck. I'm always coming back. Yeah, they all they they're all terrible. Uh, I mean, I like British Columbia a lot, but the whole citizenship thing kind of prevents me from living mm. there. Yeah, the thing I love Oregon too. But mm. I feel like that's kind of a cop out. Yeah, I mean, I mean Oregon's okay. I like Oregon. There's no major sports teams. No sales tax. You don't have to pump your own gas. Yeah, but they which is actually a pain in the ass. But they have income tax. Yeah, I don't make any money. It's not a problem. <laughs> yeah, I I just uh, you know Washington has no income tax, but it does have the highest sales tax in the nation. Um, also the highest minimum wage in the nation. Uh, so anyway, Jesse, I thought that maybe we could talk about a little bit. I was, I was talking to, when I was, when I was in Colorado, I was driving back to the airport. We gave this, uh, gave this woman a ride who was at the wedding we were at and she was from New York and, uh, Lydia and I were sitting there extolling the virtues of Seattle and Washington state and why it's so great to live here. And yeah. I just think we should do a top 10, top 10 oh. best things about Washington State, because you know we, I don't really want a lot of people to move here because a lot of people are already. But I feel like we need to let our listeners in on the secret of why Washington is so great. Yeah. So uh, I I'll only do this. I'll only allow it mm-hmm. because I love our listeners so much, mm-hmm. and it would make the state better with more personal against listeners right uh, coming here. But don't tell your non-listener friends exactly about it. Okay. This is top secret Keep it between us. Top secret. So the yeah. way this is going to work, Jesse, is we're each going to alternate. Uh-huh. Uh, like an alternator. Yep. From, and we're going to go 10 down to 1. Top 10 reasons why living in Washington is the coolest thing ever. And I want to be – I want to have number 1. Or do you, do you okay. want number 1 or do you want number 10? I'll, I'll start with 10. Okay. So, Jesse, what's the number 10 reason why Washington, living in Washington State is so good? Number 10 reason why living in Washington State is so good is you barely get any sunburns ever. Mm-hmm. And you, know, you don't, and, okay, sure, people in Southern California probably don't get sunburns because I use sunscreen all the time. Right. I'm saving tons of money on sunscreen. <laughs> I, I don't think I used sunscreen once this entire summer. Yeah, I didn't either. And I didn't get burned. Well, I feel like you do get burned once a year, and it's really bad because mm. you're so used. It sneaks up on you. You do from ages like 16 to 23, but mm-hmm. then after that, you wise up and you're good. Right. Wear some long sleeves. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Love it. That's a good That's a good kickoff. Uh, my number nine reason why living in Washington is so good, sports teams. The sports teams are really fun to follow because they're not that good, but sometimes they're really good, and then other times they're terrible and nobody cares. 
<laughs> so th- that's fun. And I, by nobody cares, I mean nobody else in the nation cares because, <laughs> like, I, I I love this story right. when we went to PAX East um, in Boston for the first year. I made it a point of of going into Boston and, and visiting Fenway Park, and I did that by myself. Um, but I took the tour of, of Fenway Park, and and while we were si- sitting there in the outfield. Uh, the tour guide was like, well, I'm sure you're not all Red Sox fans. What are some other teams that you guys are rooting for? And people were like, Phillies, the Cubs, uh, like the, the Indians. And then I go, the Mariners. And this guy turns around and goes, Mariners? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what? Is that what? <laughs> so I feel like it's 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 – like one of one of my favorite things is rooting for like the most obscure teams. Mm-hmm. That's why Toronto I can't... Raptors, Toronto... Nashville Predators, <laughs> Buffalo Bills. Anyone? <laughs> or uh, God, when the Montreal Expos were in the in Major League Baseball, I rooted for them so much because they're so random. And I feel like yeah. we are those random teams. Like I know the Seahawks are in the forefront right yeah. now because they won the Super Bowl, but most of the time, like people don't understand, the Seahawks have been good for like a decade. Like they've dominated the NFC West for like the last twelve years. Nobody knows that because nobody cares about Seattle sports. So it's cool to be like you're you're on the inside track if you like the Seattle sports teams. Not to mention if you like the Sonics, you don't even have a team. That's how that's how that's how hardcore you are. Is that you love a team that doesn't even exist. Right. So sports teams number nine. Jesse, what's eight? Uh number eight is Coastline. <clears throat> Coastline. Lots of coastline. You might think, oh, you know, Oregon has a bunch of coastline too, but not like Mm-mm. Washington because Mm-mm. it sneaks in there. It gets up and in and creates the Puget Sound. So mm-hmm. all the way down the Hood Canal, all the way down to Olympia and up Everett, up Bellingham Way, all coastline. Tons of coastline, ton of cool coastal cities. Right. And I love being able to just walk down to the beach and like throw rocks in the ocean it's super cathartic for me yeah the ocean is there and the great thing about the ocean you can't go in it because it's too cold <laughs> yeah so you're never pressured to go swimming when you don't want to exactly puget sound it's beautiful but like you don't want to dip your toe in it because it'll freeze off it'll freeze right <laughs> off so it's a beautiful ocean rocky beaches and uh, and zero getting in the water yeah it's the best of both worlds it's the best of all worlds really so the number seven uh, best reason to live in Washington State is I'm going to go along with your coastlines ecosystems, man. If you like camping, you can camp in high desert, mountains, yeah. coastline, rainforest, uh, uh, everything else. For regular forest, there's like volcanoes. There's high desert. There's plains. Like there's uh, there's canyons and cliffs and rocks and. And all of this stuff is within a three-hour drive, so it's it's the ecosystems are insane. Number seven ecosystems. What's number six, Jesse? Well, we're keeping it natural. Mm-hmm. I'm going with evergreen trees. Oh, Underrated. Yeah. I, the, the, New England is all about oh, we get all the seasons and you get to see the leaves changing and stuff. Sure, it's beautiful for like a New York minute, mm-hmm. pun intended. Mm-hmm. But then all those beautiful leaves fall off and turn into stinky mulch. Our trees are gigantic and green and vibrant right. and refreshing, creating refreshing oxygen all year long. Word up, yo. Can't be beat. I love evergreens. Well, and so I've been to the Redwood Forest in California. Everybody's like, you got to go to the Redwood Forest. Trees are big, beautiful trees. I went to the Redwood Forest. Yeah, the trees are great, man. 
trees are very good, but it's not that different from here. <laughs> like the trees are huge <laughs> in Washington. Like when I was growing up, we had a fifty foot tree in our backyard, and that's normal. Yeah. You had like six in your yard, just yeah. Yeah, gigantic yeah, yeah. trees. Yeah, there's gigantic trees outside of my window right now. Plus, we we also have old growth. Exactly, there's a bunch of old growth in Washington. Yeah, so the trees are a big plus, man, and that's that's the main difference when I go to places that aren't Seattle. When I come back to the Seattle area, I realize that like on I five. Two miles away from the city of Seattle, giant evergreen trees lining yeah. the highway. Like you can't get rid of them; they're they're everywhere. We we live literally in like a rainforest. It's a fervent green place. So anyway, nature beautiful. What what are we on five? I think so. Number five, uh, fresh seafood. Enough yeah. said. If you want salmon, crab, beautiful. Fresh Copper River salmon. Freshest seafood. And it, it's straight up the ocean. Jesse, what's number four? Number four, great state flag. Mm-hmm. I love the Washington state flag. It's Word green. Up. Yep. It's got the face of Washington in profile. George Washington. With some words around yep. it that I'm not sure what I, they are. I but think it says, like, the state of Washington founded 1889. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. I think you're right. But great state flag. I'm yep. proud of that flag. You got to be proud of it, man. Uh, number four, I'm going to go right along with that. Uh, great university teams, University of Washington Huskies, downtown Seattle, not really downtown Seattle, U District Seattle, and then the the Washington State Cougars. Once again, two teams that nobody recognizes as actual teams <laughs> outside of Washington State. It's the most amazing thing. Like when Aaron came over the first time to Washington for PAX, he asked me, he's like. So what college team do you guys root for? Because he's from Indiana. Okay. So that's like, you know, college central. Not only do you have the Indiana Hoosiers, you have the Indiana State Cyclones. You got, uh, I guess it's Iowa State Cyclones, whatever. But you got the you got the Buckeyes. You got the Wolverines. Huge college area. And I was like, everybody roots for UW, man. And he's like, UW? And I was like, yeah, University of Washington Huskies? And he's like, I don't even know, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> so yeah, man. Which is crazy because in Seattle, people are nuts for the Huskies. So that's a great thing, man. It's like you are if you you are on Spacebook and you have your Star Galaxy <laughs> and it's an exclusive club. You are in the Black Hole Club when you're in Seattle because you root for stuff that nobody else even gives a shit about. <laughs> All right. That's number four. What's number three? Or I'm sorry. That's number five. What's number four? Four. Okay. Rain. Rain, baby. So... That's the number one thing. I, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts, and people are like, oh, it, could you imagine living in Washington and dealing with the rain all the time? The rain is great. One, the aforementioned no sunburns. Love it. There it is. Two, the rain makes it warmer. Yeah. It, it creates a nice little – it's like being in a warm shower instead of, like, a clear day where it's freezing cold. And it, the three, the rain washes everything. Yes. That's why it's called Washington. It has nothing to do <laughs> with that guy. Nothing. Who founded the nation or anything. It's because the, right. the state is continually being washed clean there by, it is. By, the, um, by the rain. And sure, it all runs off into the Puget Sound. But we, as we mentioned earlier, we don't go in there anyway. So it's no big deal. Exactamundo. It's clean, baby. 
Yeah. It's a clean place to live because it gets washed like every day. <laughs> exactly. I have been missing the rain so bad. And <laughs> the weather has been teasing me yeah. lately. I don't know how it's been in Seattle, but I'm living a little bit of a rain shadow and I'm finding out that that's driving me crazy. Oh, no. Because it, been... it rains less in Port Townsend than it does in Seattle and I'm missing the rain really bad. No, it's beautiful. It was sunny and like 70 degrees today in Seattle. Yeah, I get a lot of fog where I am. So mm-hmm. in the mornings, I'm like, "Oh, this is a this is gonna be a good rainy day." Finally, can't wait. <laughs> and then it burns off around eleven. I'm like, "God damn it!" I have to put my sunglasses on again. It's horrible. <laughs> Love it. All right, number three. Uh, I'm just gonna put this out there because it's t- totally fine. Weed is legal, and uh, we're first state to uh, vote uh, in uh, gay marriage by popular vote. Right. So, you don't even partake in either of those. No, I don't partake in weed or, the, or gay marriage. But I the fact that it is um that people should have the right to do those things because of course, why yeah. not? And and the, by the way, same ballot. That was like the most fun ballot to vote on. <laughs> it was just like, let's open it up, motherfuckers. That's the thing. That's the other thing. Like it goes along with the sports teams. But also, like, we are in the corner of the United States. Like, we are, you can't get any further northwest than the contiguous of the United States. And by the way, people don't understand this who live in the Midwest and on the East Coast. We are far away from every other place. We are 12 hour drive from San Francisco. We are a 20 hour drive from Denver, Colorado. Like, yeah. uh, you know, uh, Portland is a three hour drive away, but there is nothing around here. And as somebody who's driven across the across the United States from Seattle, it, it is so far away from everything else. So we get tucked away in this little armpit of the country, and we get to do whatever the hell we want because it is. It's an armpit. It's dank because weed's legal, and it's it's rainy and foggy, and it's uh and it's it's tucked away, and it's beautiful. So that's 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 the main thing is like i feel like living in washington state is like kind of like living in a foreign country just because we kind of do whatever (laughs) the fuck we want nobody cares yeah that's true yeah yeah we could pass some crazy law and the rest of the nation will be like well that's washington well that's washington for you (laughs) it's great um just number two beer the beer can't be beat you took my number one Oh, sorry. Well, I, I'll figure I feel it like out. I have the right. Yeah, I'll figure it out on this one because there's there's such a vibrant craft beer industry, and there are a, there were a lot of pioneers in the craft beer industry in Washington State who made it, um, you know, kind of brought awareness to it nationwide. I think. Oh, mm-hmm. I'm I'm not going to say the rest of the nation has Washington to thank or anything, but we were definitely up in on it early and. Right educating the consumer base super early so by the time i was of drinking age like craft beer was already the norm right and it's just getting more and more so that way so with more and more people buying craft beer we get more and more great breweries because the local economy is supporting that it's it's so interesting to me like when i went to like once again when we when we went to boston a great thing about Boston is it's got great history. I mean, it's just so cool to be able to walk the cobblestone streets of the Freedom Trail and see the graveyard where so-and-so is buried. It's very cool. It really is. Great history in that city, but terrible beer selection. I Yeah, it's just the worst. 
Harpoon, I, Magic Hat, or Sam Adams. Yeah, like, we were, we're so spoiled here in Washington that whatever bar you go to, you go to a dive bar in Washington State, it has four craft brews on tap. Yeah. Like, it, it doesn't... <laughs> like, every bar you go to is like, what's the microbrews that are on tap? And there's so many great beers around the city that it doesn't matter uh, where you're at. You're going to have at least four microbrews from the city on tap. And I mean, and four is low. Four is That's super low, low. Yeah. Like, yeah. Every, like Bud Light is like never, nobody ever goes to a beer in Seattle and, and orders a Bud Light. Could you, yeah. Could you imagine if like you met like some guy at work or whatever softball team and you yeah. went out like, let's grab a beer and he got a Bud Light and be like, what is wrong with it? <laughs> totally. That's, it's literally never happened to me. <laughs> No, it doesn't happen. Everyone buys an IPA. Yeah, I've never gone out to a bar with friends and somebody ordered a Bud Light. Yeah, yeah. So that's a great thing about Washington. Maybe a PBR. Yeah, I mean if they're if they're cheap, I mean you're right. gonna get yeah. like yeah, and that's mostly just a a, a money money saver. issue. Yeah, but that's the thing is like you you have Bud Light on tap, or for like a dollar more you get a microbrew IPA. Yeah, it's not even that much more expensive. And a lot of places don't even have Bud Light. It's like, like the the lowest you're gonna get is like Manny's or like a a Mac and Jacks or something. Like, right. So yeah, it's wonderful. It's a it's a beer mecca. And I guess number one is gonna be it's a nerd mecca. Oh yeah, definitely the nerd mecca, baby. Like, not only do we have PAX, which is the greatest convention in America, but we also have. Uh, a booming, burgeoning tech industry. Microsoft, Amazon, both located and headquartered in Seattle. Uh, I'm on a softball team. Everybody who I work with are nerds. They're all they, they all work for tech places. They're all at IT. Um, and th- it goes along with the rain. You know, people people associate Seattle with the grunge movement of the early '90s or or just music in general. It's because uh, it's because people have to stay indoors. It's raining. So you go inside, you grab a craft beer or maybe a bowl, depending on your preference, because they're both legal in Washington State. <laughs> you then get to play music or create a game or write a story or play a video game. Uh, you know, Bungie is located here. Valve is located here. Like, this is the place, if you want to come work on something creative... You're not going to be distracted. Yes, there's camping. Yes, there's beautiful suburbs. Yes, there's uh, beautiful environments and beautiful coastlines. But most of the time, you're going to be locked indoors, hanging out with your friends, playing games, or working on something creative, or dedicating your focus to something like craft beer or music. Because frankly, you're you're trapped, and you, you got, your mind's got to do something, and it does something awesome. That's why the richest man in the world lives in Seattle. <laughs> because he was able to figure out to do something here <laughs> after all the rain. So uh so it is the nerd mecca because uh we we're an indoor place. Um and that's I mean Yeah, that, we're indoor kids. We're indoor kids and that's and it's great because I feel like that's why it's really fun to be a Seahawks fan because you get to stay indoors and watch the Seahawks. Uh and you, you know you want to see uh football played in in Weird, gross weather, which is Seattle yeah, from outdoor stadium, which yeah, I like. Outdoor stadium, um, 
you know, it's it's great to see that. And you could basically just follow your passion. It's so easy because you're not going to get distracted. When I lived in San Diego, people are going to the beach every day. Not going to happen in Seattle. <laughs> Screw that. Ain't going to happen. So that's uh, – and even, like, Colorado. Like, you know, uh, Levi's posting all these pictures about hikes and stuff. You could do hikes in the summertime. You're not going to want to do a hike in the in November in, in Washington. You're going to want to stay indoors and work on your board game. <laughs> The cones of Dunshire, baby. Yeah. Start start a podcast. That's what you're gonna want to do. Yeah. So anyway, t- that I feel like that's a solid list, Jesse. I have a funny anecdote. Actually, Go for it. Go for it. Because because the nights, it's getting darker sooner now. Yeah. Because because we're so far north. Uh, my daughter Russell Nisha fell asleep on the couch uh-huh. today, and uh, she took kind of a long nap. Woke up and. When she woke up, she like pointed out the window and was like, "It's dark. It's dark." <laughs> and Tasha's like, "Yeah, it's dark. You took a a long nap. It's dark now." And she goes, "Oh man!" <laughs> She's starting to get it, dude. I love Russell Nisha. Yeah, so, so cool. Uh, yeah, she'll be understanding how dark for how long and how great it is indoors here pretty soon. Yeah, that's the other thing is that it's it's an honorable mention is that it's so um. So far north that in the summertime, it's light until 10 p.m. Right. And in the wintertime, it gets dark at 4.30. Yeah. Which rules. It kind of, it's kind of cool. Um, <laughs> also, uh, <laughs> um, I had another honorable mention, but I don't remember it. Uh, yeah, man, it's just, I feel like that's the thing about it. It's like, it is the place, like, you know, the, the West was settled by pioneers. A lot of them right. settled in the Midwest and founded farms. A lot of them went out to California to, to to get their fortunes. This is a this is a place that is founded by lumberjacks, which I feel like is a really cool thing. <laughs> like if you if you came to Washington in the 1880s, you're either going to be a lumberjack or you're going to be selling stuff to lumberjacks. <clears throat> so there were farms though. There were a lot of farmers out here. That's true. There are farms, and and there's farms in eastern Washington, but. Uh, I just, I, it's just it's just tucked away, man, and we can kind of just do whatever we want. It's, it's pretty cool. You <laughs> can extract that wealth in the form of gigantic timber and uh, <laughs> salmon. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's the other thing is like if you look at the Native Americans, like you know the plains plains Native Americans, they were uh, nomadic for for the most part. They would move around. the uh, The Native Americans from this area sedentary because they're like, oh, we found it. You just hang out, you get waterfalls from the sky, uh, walk into the stream and pick up a salmon. I, I'm going to build some longhouses and chill out. Like, right. And that, that spirit has permeated throughout. Yeah, sort of. They're like, yeah, we can, we can have a totally sustainable lifestyle here where we don't overfish and we don't over... Oh, God. Yeah, I know. What are you guys doing? What the hell? Stop cutting all the trees down. Also, uh, Northwest uh, Native Americans were the first to do totem poles, or the only to do totem poles. Like that's the thing in the in in, in olden time, like westerns and stuff. You'd see Plains Indians building totem poles. Totem poles are a total Northwest thing. Like remember when we went to the Natural History Museum in New York and they had that whole room full of Northwest Native American art and totem poles and stuff? And I was like, this is pretty legit. <laughs> so you're telling me those old westerns weren't a hundred percent historically accurate? Say what? Anyway, I could talk about Washington all day. Yeah, let's wrap it. Let's wrap it. So we got to get to the Facebook roundup. Let's do that. Uh, once again, we post on Facebook every week. We say, hey, guys, we're recording. 
uh, and uh, and tell us what you want us to talk about. We you put it on here. We talk about it. John says uh, you keep using the word jabroni, and it's awesome. Hopefully, you get that reference. Also, Dennis and D make a podcast in that episode. Which one of them are you guys most alike? So I'm I, a little what, lost on this one. Yeah, a little lost on this one because I, I looked it up. It's actually Always Sunny in Philadelphia reference. Oh, well, Jabroni is like a 90s wrestler thing. Yeah, it's, it's WWF. Right. Before it was WWE. So, uh, so that's, that's where I'm getting it from. That, that's where I'm getting it from. But I, but also, dude, you're such a Dennis. I don't I don't really know. You're so Dennis. You I don't know, know that show very well. I don't actually like it. You know you're a Dennis. Okay. You're such I'm a Dennis. I'm a Dennis Kleinbeck. Guilty as charged. <laughs> Joe says, I love Jeopardy. When I record it on the DVR, it's called Daytime Jeopardy. That's hilarious. What <laughs> Would the spinoff be Night Jeopardy or After Dark Jeopardy? <laughs> Who would be Jeopardy the cast? I feel like the only thing for uh, Jeopardy After Dark, the only difference is that Alex Trebek is not wearing a shirt. Rhymes with owners. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Uh, Zach is at the Orioles game, the Orioles playoff game. Uh, so great job, Zach. Um it's Orioles and uh, Tigers, I believe. I wish I could be in a baseball playoff game, but I can't remember what that feels like. But good on you. Seriously, 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 Zach. That's really cool. Um, the Orioles <laughs> were in that... Did you just turn into Rodney Dangerfield for a second? I don't think so. Did I? Uh, I wish I could tell you what it feels like, but I, I can't remember. But seriously, seriously. Seriously, seriously. <laughs> I mean, the, or- Congratulations. the Orioles are much like the Mariners in that it's they had a huge drought between their playoff appearances. So it's good on uh, Zach. But the other thing is that like, okay, you got the Orioles, then you got the Nationals who are right across the river. You got the Phillies who are right there. Uh, the uh, New York Yankees are like a couple hours away. Like it's not, there, there's plenty of other teams to root for. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing here. I love I've you. wondered this about you, Eric. If, yeah. if you lived in a an area that wasn't so geographically isolated, mm-hmm. um, say you lived in Cleveland or something, or or a town like Chicago that has multiple teams, would you just would you just root for one team, or would you be able to share your love around? Well, I wonder about this because there's this dude who I follow. I've talked about him before. I follow him on Facebook just because he's such a diehard LA fan. Right, and he's so weird. He posts all these like super long Facebook posts about Los Angeles sports, but like nobody likes or comments on them. <laughs> I just he's find not them really. A black hole. I, I find them really entertaining. Yeah, he's not a black hole. He's 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 in the nebula phase. He's a dwarf star. Yeah, for sure. Um, but he hates the Angels and he hates the Anaheim Ducks and he hates the Clippers. Like he only likes the Lakers and the Dodgers, and it's like, I, I I feel like I would be able to split my loyalties if I lived in Chicago between the Cubs and the White Sox. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But I'm not sure. I mean, I'm a pretty loyal sports fan. I've tried, like when I lived right. in San Diego, I tried to become a fan of the Chargers. I couldn't do it. Diehard Seattle sports fan, no matter where I am. So I feel like I would latch on to certain teams. So I guess I understand, Zach. There you go. Simon says, need fantasy football advice. I'm struggling with the idea of taking Calvin Johnson out of my lineup and replacing him with Darren Sproles. What should I do? Go Ducks. Boo. Go Ducks. Simon, always start your studs. Uh, I feel like Darren Sproles is going to be hit or miss just as much as Calvin Johnson is. 
uh, and Calvin Johnson is, is 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 a stud. So I would rather bet on Calvin Johnson than bet on Darren Sproles, even though Calvin Johnson has had a very slow start. That's my fantasy advice. Fantasy plays. Go with the guy who has a higher salary. There it is. Uh, Matt says, I know you can't like the 49ers because of the Seahawks connection, but can you cheer for the San Francisco Giants this year? I actually love the Giants as a uh, baseball team. They're, they're my National League team. However, uh, I'm going to be rooting for the Royals uh, in this playoff because I because they are the Mariners of the AL Central. They haven't been to the playoffs in 25 years, and they finally made it through in a great playoff game. So I'm rooting for the Royals uh, ultimately. But I'll root, for the, uh, I'll root for the Giants as the National League team. Erica says, hello. Hello, Erica. There you go. Patrick says, Happy October. What do you guys think some good or popular Halloween costumes should be this year? <laughs> I think that's a whole topic in itself. We're going to have to save that for another show. Mm. Yeah, we got to get – make sure to get to it, though, because I have a good story relating to that. Okay, we'll put. I'll put that – I'm going to email myself. We'll do, we'll do that next show. Rollo okay. says, um, did you guys go to Harmontown in Seattle? I'm going to the Toronto Cast Saturday. Holy crap, Bulls. Guys, we have our officially unofficial PAD&D group. We possibly have room for cameo players. If any listeners want to tag along uh, the old time for some 5th edition fun, Rolo Tomasi has founded the Personal Arrogance uh, Galaxy uh, uh, face, uh, D&D group. Jesse, I, I think that you might be in on this group. Yeah, I'm in that group. Nice. I'm going to play one game. Okay. Um so check that out. It's in the thread. If you want to play, check out Rolo. Also, Rolo, I didn't realize that Harmontown was in Seattle until I listened to the podcast. And I was, and he was like, we're in Seattle. And I was like, oh, God, I should have gone. So I'm going to check that calendar. But I'm jealous that you're going. JR says, I'm proud of you guys and the whole Personal Arrogance Nation. Proud. Thank, Thank you, you. JR. Um, Justin says, have you guys ever explored the origins of Rolo Tomasi's name? It's in the film LA Confidential. The context uh, from that film makes the name Golden. I have not. I did not realize that. Rolo says, "Yikes! Someone finally solved it. I guess it wasn't exactly Da Vinci's Code." Levi says, "I thought it sounded familiar." Damn, I feel played. At least we didn't get Kaiser So's aid. Uh, so thank you. <laughs> I watched the clip because he linked to the YouTube yeah. video of the clip where talk about Rolo Tomasi. Well, yeah. So the next one is Rolo. He he sent us a clip about a guy who got the Olive Garden. Uh card right well no i didn't watch that oh i think i clicked on the wrong one i just watched the video the 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 clip from the movie where the easter egg is the name rollo tomasi oh geez i didn't even see this here it is yeah it's it's like a minute and a half i don't think it's worth playing yeah it's like a lot of dudes shooting at each other okay breathing heavily Skip to like uh, ten seconds from the end. Okay. Who is he? You are. You're the guy who gets away with it. Jack knew it. So do I. Go to 15. 15 seconds from the end. Here it is. Oh, I missed it already. <laughs> That's what we call great pre-production, guys. <laughs> yeah. So check that out. It, it, like was, it was right before where you started the last. 
like I think it was like the line before it. Oh God. Okay, let's figure this out. You are. Oh, here it is. Rolo Tomasi. <laughs> Perfect. Rolo Tomasi. <laughs> there it is. Seamless, guys. Levi Rikin says, love that movie. Dennis says, PA Nation, please go see David Fincher's Gone Girl. Just saw it and I loved it. Not the best film to watch with the significant other given the story and the theme, but damn, it's really, really good Oscar contender for the script, in my opinion. I actually think I'm going to go see this this weekend with my wife. Um, Yeah, and we're married, so, you know, the significant is it's not a date night. (laughs) I mean, it is a date night, but it's not a It's just life at this point. Oh, God. That sounds so terrible. <laughs> uh, Joe says, this guy is going to help you take full advantage of your Olive Garden pasta pass. There's this guy, Olive Garden dude. I have This has to be a topic next week. This guy all is right. eating all of, He got the pasta pass. He's going to eat Olive Garden every day for the next 90 days. I can do that. And he's got a blog, and it's all of Garden. That's the blog. So check it out. He's got some great tips. Uh, my favorite. I, I, we got it. We got to talk about this next time. He's got a great tip on, on how to take advantage of your pasta pass. Finally, Michael says, "Hmm, I'm the only guy here who's glad he picked Demarco Murray for his first pick in fantasy this year. Well, you are the only person who picked him, so you would be the only glad person who's glad that he did pick him. But yes, it's a great pickup, man. But watch, watch Demarco Murray because he's very injury prone. Fantasy advice." Uh, so hopefully he got his back up. All right, let's talk about BallMove.com. You guys, check it out, BallMove.com. All of your stuff is there, including the Gotham Blotter podcast. That's our new podcast. We cover every episode of Gotham, so do that. Uh, and everything else on BallMove.com. It's all wonderful. Also, keep in touch with us, personal records at gmail.com. Um, uh, leave us a voicemail, 360-362-0024, at Personal Podcast on Twitter. Uh, please rate and review us on iTunes. It helps us out a ton, especially for our new Gotham Blotter podcast, guys. If you could throw a, a little bit of a rate and review on that, that also helps that bump up. Uh, we're getting some really good response here, so we're very excited about it. And uh, and also just tell a friend if you get a chance. Jesse, I think we gave so many recommendations during the Washington segment that we, maybe, we, maybe we could just skip the reco this week. Just one thing real quick. Okay. I just want to let everyone know, Get Off My Little Tiny Matt Roloff is the name of the Facebook group. If okay. you want to play Dungeons and Dragons yeah. with Rolo and Levi Rekin and Michael McBride and other uh, personal arrogance listeners, that's the place to check it out and get involved. And they're trying to find some players. And I would love to see this happen. I'd love to see it happen too. I think it's really beautiful, actually. Yes. All right, guys. Check out Lovecraft Brewing Company on Kickstarter. And until next time, remember that wherever you go, whatever you do, please stay, stay arrogant. arrogant. <laughs> Ha <laughs>